Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon to whoever hears this today or to whoever hears this on another day. Um, I'm doing something a little different today. Um, I didn't give much notice for this, so I don't know if anybody will call in. But I'd like to have some conversations with people who are suffering, like I am, being quarantined, well, not really quarantined, uh, uh, self-isolated here in my home with my wife um, for this endless period of time, uh, and talk about some of the psychological reactions I'm having and some of the reactions that the people around me must be having. And I'm talking just to have a conversation. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Um, I am a retired psychologist. I taught for over 40 years, and I practiced for 50 uh, in one way or another. Or was it a long time? And over the years, I became aware that I think I've helped more people teaching than I did as a therapist, but it was through my teaching. I taught uh, for 36 years at a community college in Brooklyn and in a variety of other years as a part-time teacher uh, at St. John's University, Adelphi University. Uh, I taught only undergraduate, And much of the time, I could become disillusioned with teaching, but most of the time, I loved it. Uh, I had a small private practice, uh, which never became a large practice when I thought about it. You have to be something of an entrepreneur and think in business terms, and I never did. Um, And I'm not sorry I didn't. Uh, In a way, I'm glad, because I worked for 25 years at Flushing Hospital, mental health clinic at Flushing Hospital in Queens and made some friends there. I've lost contact with most of them. Some of them I know uh, have passed. I believe they have. Um, And now I'm finished. I say that with some sadness and almost some relief. But what I learned for my dual career as a professor or a teacher and as a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, was that what happened between me and the people I called patients had nothing to do with medicine. Uh, It may have some tangential effects because people really did gain an understanding of things and began to understand in many ways how they were trapped by stories that they had developed as children, that they were retaining two things within the stories. They were what I call frozen in time. One was some of these events were really terrible. Uh, Psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, uh, cruelties, uh, loss of parents, all manner of things that were tremendously upsetting and that had never had a chance to air uh, in an atmosphere in which they could recount the story while they were sitting as older in a safe place. 
and recognize that what was horrible then was horrible, but is not horrible now. So there was a learning then. They could retell that story, the retell the events. And, and by retelling them in a place that I had helped make safe, without criticism, without telling them they were crazy, um, they really learned something important as adults so that they could rethink what had happened to them and maybe even take action. And by swallowing the story, owning the story now, could really move on with their lives in, in fairly effective ways. The second thing is that many of the stories we develop as children are with the logic of children. And I'm not going to get much into that. I've done a number of shows uh, in which children's logic is different than adults. And when there's a telling of the story as an adult, using the logic of an adult to the degree that that new logic is there, the person can understand some of the conclusions that they had come to. For example, having been told they ruined their parents' marriage or that they had wished for someone to die who then died really were illogical from an adult standpoint, but completely logical from the kind of thinking that they had as a child. And so there was another kind of shift in their stories. At the same time, one of the things I did with all of the people I work with was try to get them to read more. And I think reading is a critically important thing to do, especially books that get you to see or look in the mind of other people or books on history or books that get you to rethink your position in the world and that the street you grew up in and the family you grew up in were important and valuable, but limited. The horizons are limited compared to what happens if, in fact, you can travel and learn to think differently and gain a lot more information. So that was the second thing. The other thing I try to get people to do is go back to school, finish a degree, go to college. Um, because I was a teacher, and I would see the powerful, profound effects that education had on people. Uh, my wife was a teacher and a special ed teacher. And one of the things I write about in my book is that if I had a fantasy to make education what I'd want it to be, it would be the model of special ed, which is individualized, in which the child paces at a point that's right for them, that you don't have lockstep, 30 kids being lockstep, that they have to start at the same place and end at the same place in the same amount of time. The problem with special ed is that you have to be uh, diagnosed or, or labeled as having some deficit, when in fact every child, I believe, should have that kind of educational experience, and that what I was calling psychotherapy was that kind of experience. It's a kind of one-on-one -on -one in which there's information coming in, a re-examining of the past, an understanding of the logic of the past that, was being, that traps you, that freezes you. So at this point, um, I'm finished with my, that career. The only thing I have to do professionally, one, is this show, which I do 
partly as a psychologist, but not as either a teacher or as a therapist, because I don't do that anymore. In fact, on May 31st, my license will expire, and I've taken none of the 40 credits that I needed to take in the two years since my last relicensing uh, here in Florida, and I will let the license suspend. I've also uh, uh, not paid, this is now months, my um, malpractice insurance, and one of the things that no professional does uh, and should do is work without malpractice insurance. Uh, mistakes are made. Uh, people at the other end <laughs> can be looking for something, and when they don't get it, they, 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 you know, things can happen, and one should be protected economically that way. But in any event, I'll be finished. So I speak to you today not as a therapist, not as an educator, but somebody who has it so built into himself that I, I feel... Maybe if we have conversations, uh, another thing I should point out, whatever I work with the students or with the people I called patients, if they benefited, I did too. I learned. I learned about people and situations I never dreamed about, about ways of life, uh, and about myself. Because part of teaching and part of, of being a therapist for me was to be as democratic as possible, even if you're an authority, and try to avoid authoritarianism in which you force people to think a certain way or learn a certain way. Uh, 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 reward them for learning and punish them if they don't. Um, so here I am. Nobody is signing on. But what I'm going to do is leave this broadcast up, and I'll advertise it and see uh, Monday, I want to do another show, uh, a different show. I had set up already, and I probably will carry it out, on a language that involves the mental illness paradigm, what I call psychiatric bullshit, and can freely call it that way now, because while I was working and while I was, I was uh, doing therapy, um, I couldn't use this language. I couldn't Take it from this point of view. As part of the field, uh, I wouldn't be able to function within the field. I could be thrown out of the field. Uh, I would be attacked uh, in a variety of ways. And I wouldn't go into how I was attacked when I taught my students and made uh, uh, people I called patients, used to call patients. And the Monday show will deal with the word hospital. Right now, this terrible pandemic is wrecking havoc on the lives of people in these so-called hospitals. And my book, which I'm always pushing, Psycho Psychotherapy in Quotes and the Stories We Live By, talks about how I don't believe the word therapy is the right word for what I did when I sat down with people I call patients. Uh, there weren't patients. There weren't students, however. Um, I didn't do therapy. It was a kind of one-on-one -on -one educational process for them, if it was worthwhile, and for me. Um, I don't believe symptom is the right word. And as anybody who's been following my show, and I would urge you to listen to some of my other shows if you're first time coming to me, 
Um, the whole language of mental illness and disorder has no basis, and I won't go through again why it has no basis, because there is no evidence that a piece of meaningful behavior, like hearing God tell you you're an awful person who should jump, up, jump off the roof, uh, is an illness. If, in fact, it comes from something neurological or biochemical as being pushed by a uh, big pharma, uh, whose job it is to sell you as many expensive pills as they possibly can and keep you on them for as long as uh, necessary, maybe even your whole life. Um, those words are meaningful. So I got rid of the words by putting them in quotes, but never really successfully was able to change the language. What was I? To an individual who came to me suffering all manner of emotional distress, um, in which ultimately, if I help them, they learn to reevaluate their past and also importantly figure out that many of the things they were doing in their life to protect themselves from further emotional pain was causing more pain than it prevented, it added to pain. Right? And when people had an insight into how they were trapped by language and how they were trapped uh, uh, by their past um, and, and these mythological beliefs, they really changed. It was wonderful to see. Uh, new horizons opened up. Uh, people weren't afraid to change relationships if necessary, change their work, go back for more education. Uh, you know, when somebody believes they're really stupid, uh, what the hell are they going to try and learn something new? Uh, or if they're unforgivable, unforgiven in some way, they're really bad people in their own thinking, then what's the point of saying you're sorry? Maybe all you should do is just be meaner and meaner and meaner um, and, 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 and without seeing the end result of that. Um, so, the last, I'm reading these articles now and hearing from colleagues how awful it is in these psychiatric units, mental health institutions, uh, which is a lie because none of these people are mentally ill. It doesn't exist. If they are really ill, that these things are caused by a neurological problem, they should be in a regular hospital or being treated by neurologists or endocrinologists, real doctors not phony baloney doctors, either psychiatrists who went to uh, medical school and now waste their time calling people bad names and convincing them, these people that they work with called patients, I put that in quotes, uh, that there's something wrong with them that may last for their whole lives. Uh, it subverts the teaching function. Uh, why I'm an advocate of psychotherapy, in quotes, it's merely the kind of conversations I and many, many other professionals have. Once we got past, or they get past, because I'm not, I am past it, um, diagnosing people in order to get third-party payments or because they as professionals haven't seen through the illogical nature and the lies of believing in mental illnesses. And the places where people are put, 
voluntarily or involuntarily, because they can no longer find a way to function and make a life for themselves in the world with other so-called normal people, uh, are called hospitals or mental health facilities. And both of those are lies. Um, they're not hospitals if somebody is put into them against their will. Then they're prisons. And if they're treated with some kind of chemicals or electroshock or even psychotherapy that they don't want to have, then they're being tortured. To get somebody to change their mind is torture. And when we call these mental health problems, never have I seen anybody in the profession define what mental health is. Because right? um, I'm not sure mental health is simply following the rules of society or of your family or living out shoulds and shouldn'ts and facts that should have been rethought and revised if necessary from childhood into adulthood. So they're not hospitals. And what's happening in these places now um, is, is a horror. They don't have the medical resources necessary. Uh, these people are being, uh, in many cases, I won't get into the nursing home problem, but in many cases, these people are herded together. It's very difficult for them to maintain separation. Um, and the professional level of the treatment going on, the medical treatments, is not the same as a hospital. It's a disaster. <clears throat> it's a disaster. All over the airwaves, I'm hearing that this is a trauma. This, this is what we're going through now is a trauma. And being a, having a trauma is being shot by a gun or hit by a car. It's a physical assault. It's a medical issue. What I'm going through now is extremely difficult. I'm going to be 80 years old in June. Next, month, next week, I was supposed to fly with my wife and meet my family in uh, University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and enjoy the graduation of my granddaughter as a psychology major, uh, who now will start in September, hopefully, uh, depending upon how school starts in September, uh, in a doctoral program in psychology. Um, that won't happen. There is no, there is no, uh, um, uh, no, nothing to go to next week. Uh, it's been canceled. In fact, University of Michigan, so far as I know, hasn't even created a virtual graduation, something that can be enjoyed online. <clears throat> uh, but that won't happen. In any event, uh, I was hoping and waiting to go up to New York, where my family is, and enjoy my 80th birthday and my 57th wedding anniversary um, with my family. And it's likely that won't happen. So here I sit, and I have anxiety, and uh, will this thing ever end? And now I hear that if you're very anxious, if you're, and I did two shows last week on this, uh, and if you already have been labeled mentally ill, you better up your medicine, increase your therapy, because this is going to make you more mentally ill since you're already vulnerable to mental illness, which doesn't exist. Um, and we're all going to be crazy and sick. This is all lies. 
So for me, this is a very difficult time. And for those of you hearing this, I imagine it's also a very difficult time. But please, don't get convinced that you're mentally ill for having real difficulty and emotional pain dealing with this long, protracted process for which, because of a variety of reasons, not the least of which is the ineptitude of our government, the top of whom says that if you have a cocktail, uh, what I've called a trumpetini, that's a martini in, in, in Trump words, of putting some Lysol, mix it together with water and ice, and down it like a cocktail, you'll be cured. Uh, so there's misinformation and real normal, just, just unprecedented science going on with, with trying to give us answers as to who, what, where, when, and why we can get back out of our homes and, and back to work. And, and many of you who are hearing this are worse off than me in the sense that you are economically distressed and your job may disappear. I mean, this is a terrible time. Don't let the normal emotional reactions of life in this horrendous time, the confusions uh, uh, convince you there's something wrong with you. Suffering is what human beings do under these kind of circumstances. And suffering has been medicalized and turned into an industry to justify professional intervention, particularly uh, drugs. You want to take those drugs, take them. But they're not medicines, they're just drugs. And recognize that they work like alcohol or pot or cocaine. Uh, uh, they work by disabling the normal functions of the brain and while you're on them, they may make you feel worse. They may make you sick, but they also may relieve your, your, uh, uh, your emotional agony for a period of time. But they're just drugs. So Monday, I want to do a show on what word can I use instead of hospital? Because these are not hospitals. They're not. If you're there voluntarily in one of these places, I, it, it's, I don't know what it is. A rest home, because <laughs> you don't get much rest there. Um, but it's not a hospital. And again, if you've been locked in one of those places and forced there uh, because people think you're crazy or even you think you're crazy, uh, uh, then, then um, you're uh, locked up in a place that is not a hospital. In fact, if I had a heart attack today and I went to the hospital and I said, gee, you need uh, some kind of surgery, and I said no, uh, I could leave. And if I died, it would be my choice, and nobody would hold me down and force me for a treatment. Um, if it's a cancer, no one forces you for a treatment. It's only when somebody has been declared mentally incompetent that um, they're forced. And once you force somebody and try to change their mind, coercively this has nothing to do with medicine all right so that'll be monday show i'm going to reschedule for tuesday for wednesday um i won't babble as long on tuesday or wednesday uh but there'll be more notice and if people want to come on with me and have a conversation because that's all it is 
When I was a therapist, I recognized early on that sometimes people wanted to confess, and I don't hear confessions. Uh, priests hear confessions, and they could then give you absolution for what you think uh, uh, were or in or, or factually were or weren't your transgressions. Uh, I don't do that. A good therapist can never do that. I'm not a teacher. I don't grade people. Uh, so I don't know what I am. I, I'm a conversant. And, and when I strip away all the medical stuff and all the medical terminology, um, so right now all I am is a, what I think is a fairly well-educated citizen. And when people, if and people want to come on, uh, it'll be my pleasure and my joy and a relief to be talking to people because uh, I've always enjoyed that. Some of my very best relationships in life were with students and with clients, patients, whatever they were, personal students. All right. I'm going to stay online for another minute or so. Uh, it's 4.30, 25. I'm going to turn on, I understand, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday golf tournaments are on. Uh, and I don't think they're coming back anytime too soon. I'm hopefully uh, some of the news about treatments and maybe even a vaccine. Uh, the entire world scientific population is absolutely at work on this. Uh, the rewards will be uh, in terms of humanity, in terms of financial, uh, life-changing and profound. And so everybody is working on treatments, preventions, uh, testing, in spite of the ineptitude and the, and the absolute misery at the top right now of the American government and the broken political system that has, has us operating like some kind of banana republic. So nobody's coming. That's okay. I'm going to end my show now. Wishing everybody who hears this uh, good health. Uh, don't take any bullshit. Whatever it is you're feeling is normal human feelings. Painful. Painful. But they're normal human feelings. You are not mentally ill. You have never been mentally ill. No matter how many times you've been diagnosed and how much of that garbage and bullshit you swallowed. So, I will try again on Tuesday and maybe Wednesday and Thursday around the same time to um, have conversations with anybody who wants to get online. And so I'm going to end this broadcast. <laughs>